everybody. Welcome to Agency Unfiltered. I'm your host, Kevin Dunn, and Agency Unfiltered is a bi-weekly web series and podcast that interviews agency owners from around the world about agency operations, growth, and scale. Episodes can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts, and you can find our videos and full transcripts on agencyunfiltered.com. In today's episode, we travel 30 minutes south of Green Bay to Appleton, Wisconsin, to talk with Greg Linnemanstens, president of Wider Group. Greg teaches us about ESOP, or Employee Stock Ownership Plans. ESOP is an employee benefit plan that gives your employees ownership interest in the agency, and Greg explains what motivated his decision to form an ESOP, what financials and other factors to consider for your own agency, and what benefits he's seen for the company, his employees, and his clients. Agency Unfiltered begins right now. Well, Greg, uh, welcome to uh, Agency Unfiltered. Uh, super psyched to be here in Appleton. Glad you could come, Kevin. Yeah, um, I'm glad we picked the right chairs for this. Uh, this <laughs> yeah. was a no-brainer once we saw these. Um, but I'm here today to talk about ESOP. Uh, and so I bet you can explain it more eloquently than I can. First question, uh, uh, at a high level, just what is ESOP and, and how does it work? Well, it stands for Employee Stock Ownership Plan. That's the first thing. It's a Department of Labor uh, regulated program that is intended to allow for uh, sustainability so, so that a, uh, an owner of a business or owners of a business can in effect sell it to their employees and in selling it establish both a retirement plan and a tax shelter. So uh, the, <laughs> mechanics, the mechanics of how it works is you create an ESOP trust which is a it's a third-party entity hmm. and you you technically and legally sell the business to the trust and and then uh, the, the purchase by the trust can be financed by bank financing that doesn't happen real often in service businesses like ours hmm. uh, and, and, and that was the case with us uh, the prior shareholders actually finance it so uh, all of our, our prior shareholders now are note holders and the business is paying them back uh, and it's it's being done in uh, ten-year notes. Wow! So, uh, how did you d discover it, and, and kind of what did that process look like to say like this is something we want to pursue further and, and roll out for our agency? Yeah. Well, it, it, kind of a unique situation. Um, we've had an ESOP consultant as a client. Okay. For yep. about <laughs> ten years, and so uh, we created a lot of content for him. Uh, we've done some uh, some web revisions for them. We really knew their content. Uh, frontwards and backwards. And, and so we've been hearing about all the different benefits that small businesses could realize in succession planning uh, using this, this ESOP structure. And uh, ours took place, we actually uh, did the ESOP about two and a half years ago, but it goes back uh, four or five years. Uh, had an informal conversation with him, mm -hmm. with, with uh, well, one of these consultants. and. And just started the back of the envelope, uh, figure out uh, what we needed to, to do to, to, to uh, make it work. How big we needed to be, what kind of uh, EBITDA we yep. needed to be generating. Because um, the, the biggest thing about an ESOP is you have to have tax liability that you're going to avoid by setting up the ESOP. 
that more than pays for the cost of setting it up because it's sure. not cheap to set it up. Yeah, right. So it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it's gotta, there's got to be an ROI. It's got yeah, to make sense financially. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so uh, employee owned. Uh, structurally, what does that look like for, for the whole agency team? Uh, what does the, the payout structure look like and what form does that, that uh, come out as? Yeah. Well, uh, I'll, t I'll take a step back. The, the employee owned, the way the shares are actually owned, the, the ESOP trust that we created legally continues to, to own the shares, but hmm. they're put in um, uh, a beneficent account in people's names. Um, every year, so every year we have a distribution. So people are considered um, shareholders because they will benefit uh, when they retire from the sale of those stocks. Mm -hmm. But um, but the fact that they have those in their uh, retirement accounts doesn't give them uh, voting privileges. They're not voting shares. <laughs> the trust continues to hold uh, the voting privileges. Uh, I mean, if you were looking at it that way. Sure. So, so in, in terms of control, uh, our, our control really didn't change in a practical sense. Uh, I'm, I'm still the president. Our leadership team is made up of people who were shareholders because mm -hmm. uh, we're all note holders now. Right. And, um, and so we're still running the business very much the way we were before the ESOP. The one uh, exception to that is that legally we do report to our trustee, who we hired to watch over us, right. which the Department of Labor uh, strongly recommends. And if we don't do a good job <laughs> running the business, we will hear from him. Have you ever had friction points or disagreements in, in yeah. a direction to take the company? Or? No, so far, uh, and, and we're in year three, we've had uh, an annual conversation with him. Mm -hmm. and it's a, it's a conference call. and. He, he does his uh, fiduciary responsibility by asking questions about uh, business operations. So uh, are we hitting our budget? Are we adding new clients? Are, uh, what's the people component look like? Are we attracting the talent we need? Are we satisfied with the way things are going? And, um, and, and the conversation this year was typical. It was scheduled for an hour. It lasted 50 minutes. <laughs> and, at the end of 50 minutes, he said, well, I'm good. Yeah. And, and that's so it aligns with the direction and what you're trying to do is just a, a good yeah. owner, right? Like just, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, what did the rollout look like across the team? How did you get additional leadership buy-in? What does the communication plan look like to the rest of the employees? I would imagine there's some excitement around it. What did it look like? Well, we started uh, by bringing the consultant in and he did a pro forma for us. So, so it's the first run at the financials before you actually do the sale mm -hmm. and and when he did that um, it was it was in effect creating an, an impact statement for them as individuals so mm -hmm. they can see okay if this works if it grows the way we think we can grow the business if the profitability uh, continues to track on, on this track if we do a good job running the business here's what it could look like for the individuals in the room yeah. at the end of 10 years and it was eye-opening um, Just let the numbers speak for themselves, right? We, we had, I think the, the youngest guy on the team thought that the number he was looking at was a collective number, <laughs> and it was his. <laughs> and he went, w wait, wait. And so the, the buy-in was, if, if we do a good job, we can grow a lot of, of uh, individual wealth in our retirement plans. Mm -hmm. And that was, that's meaningful. Right. You know, and, uh, and it, was, it was exciting to see somebody in their, their lower 30s recognizing that... Uh, we have the power to change our, our retirement 
uh, quality of life. Right. And um, and then when we rolled it out the team, we, we actually had an offsite. We had a party. And, nice. Um, and we invited one of the consultants people to, to help us make the presentation. But uh, we, we played a role as well. We did some game playing where we wanted them to um, to learn something about what it means. And so um, so we had some competition. We we had drinks. We shed a few <laughs> tears because uh, we were pretty excited about yeah. it. It was, it, was a, it was a big day. Yeah. Um, doesn't sound like much pushback. Oh no. Yeah. Well, and and uh, there shouldn't be because you, you're giving employees uh, a new benefit they didn't have before, and they don't have to put any of their own money into it. So it's it's pure, yeah. no strings attached. If you if you uh, are a full time employee and and you contribute in in doing your job well, mm-hmm. you're going to grow the value of of your holdings. You're going to grow the value of your retirement and um, add to our sustainability. And I mean, I, I would imagine that that sort of benefit, you mentioned it's, it's unique. I would imagine there's not a ton of other, specifically agencies, but many businesses doing this and like the value it can mean for your retirement uh, quality of life. Like, do you see it uh, being a major differentiator for like talent acquisition, the type of candidates uh, you I, see come in and-, and, and... I, I know my, um, my pitch is different uh, when I'm hiring people and I, I do all the offers and, and I, I've always loved doing that. Now, um, I, I'm taking it to a different level because I'm, I'm in effect, uh, telling people that you have a, the opportunity to become an owner yeah. and, uh, and to, uh, realize some true wealth accumulation beyond your compensation. And, um, and people are a little bit incredulous at first. <laughs> they want to wait, wait, what, how's that work? And, um, and so I do a lot of explaining <laughs> and, and, uh, and it's really fun. Um, I, I would say that it, it does, uh, contribute to a better closing rate with, um, with people that we're trying to hire. Does it have any impact on the, I would imagine so, right? Does it have any impact or does it ever come up in conversations you have with clients, with prospects? Like, does oh, it make its way into the sales process as well? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's one of our differences. It's that uh, you know we tell uh, prospects and we remind our clients that when you talk to uh, a whiter uh, team member, you're talking to an owner, and yeah. uh, and and they have uh, the long-term interests of the business and of our clients uh, very close to their hearts. That mm-hmm. that it matters. It, it matters. The performance of your plan of your strategy it, yeah, it matters. It matters in a very meaningful way. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. And I would assume that that resonates very strongly with those those prospects, those clients. I think it does because yeah. they're not running into any other agencies who, who are, do that. Are do that, doing that? Yeah. Um, why don't you think more agencies evaluate this uh, as a plan, or, or why doesn't it? Why doesn't ESOP? Uh, why isn't it more visible amongst uh, agencies? Do you think? I, I think um, I think that the, the the HubSpot partner eco is is very young. And so uh, most partners are focused on, um, on the growth and client acquisition. They're not focused on sustainability and succession planning. Hmm. Fair. There's not many partners my age. <laughs> I mean, that's the reality. Uh, most, most partners are probably um, you know, in their late 30s, early 40s. And so they're not thinking about the end game yet. And, um, and this is something that it's not too early. Because when you think about, especially if you're uh, a seller doing the financing, it can be a long uh, financing process. Sure. You know, our notes were 10 years. You, you could extend that longer if you needed to. Hmm. You know, and so uh, 
So if you're 40 years old and you're looking at 10 or 15 year notes, that's not too early to start thinking about that. If, if you want to retire at a, at a relatively young age and if you create the right wealth, sure. you could. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think there's, there's some larger agencies and non-HubSpot that, that we've seen. We've come into contact with a few. And, and they've had the benefit of having uh, the critical mass of 100 employees mm -hmm. and the cash flow that goes with it. I think there are a lot of, of uh, agencies our size, we're 25 full-time people right now, who don't think they have the cash flow or might not think they'd qualify uh, uh, per you know, Department of Labor uh, mm -hmm. regs to be able to do an ESOP. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, the most important thing, you've you got to have the tax liability that you're avoiding and you've got to have the, the EBITDA that, that makes it a good investment. Right. Because you, you are you're selling it to yourself. So you're taking on the, um, the debt. Hmm. You're, you are pledging. I mean, we've pledged that the business will fund the debt. Right. And so it's, there's some risk. In yeah, you have to make the bet on yourself. You, you're making the bet on yourself. Right. And you got to believe in it. When you talk about succession planning, sounds like from your perspective, not enough agencies are, are starting to think about the end game. When we consider ESOP as an option, what do you feel most agencies, like what else should you be weighing as options for exit plans? Like how did, what does it stack rank up against as far as like exit plan options? Yeah. Well, the, um, the, the two that we looked at, uh, we looked at, at creating a phantom stock hmm. for, um, for uh, uh, our team. It, it wouldn't have been 100% though. It would, have, it would have been select people getting phantom stock grants or asking for them to invest. <laughs> and so in a lot of cases that involves uh, your employees putting in their own money, right. taking on debt themselves. And, and that's something that not everybody's going to jump at, especially sure. if you've got young people <laughs> and you know, they're building a family, they're maybe buying their first house. They're not in a position to do that. So, uh, so that's got barriers. The other option, the other uh, uh, exit plan that I know a lot of agencies consider, because I talk to people <laughs> about this, is, um, is selling to some bigger entity that some big traditional agency will come along and, and, and want an inbound division and, and consider them. We did consider that as well. Hmm. And, and that was a good way for us to get a good sense of market value. True, yeah. You know, to understand, to have, a, to have a, a credible third party look at us and uh, talk us through how they did the valuation. And, and listen to the, 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 the rational side of it yeah. and compare that to what we could do with an ESOP. So for us, that was the best case where, where we could look at, at two very viable alternatives that were both positive and there were, and there were pros and cons to the two directions. And it actually, it made the ESOP an easier decision because we saw uh, we, we, were, we were getting fair value in the transaction and um, and there was a third party that looked at us and said, "Yeah, you're a good bet." Yeah, right. Yeah. Validating, if anything, were, <laughs> you know. Exactly, like, they validated right. us, yeah. and that was that was really um, uh, a, a blessing that we, you know, it was a it was a, a stars aligning right. that right. it happened the way it did. So we were fortunate. Um, to like, not necessarily backtrack, but go back to the, the structural component. How customizable is the plan in regards to, well, I would assume like employee tenure, um, salary, um, like what's the vesting schedule? Like how customizable is like the, the stock uh, distribution based on, on all these employee criteria? Does that make sense? Yeah, you, you have a lot of latitude. Uh, in our case, we, uh, in general, we wanted to follow the structure of our 401k. 
because we have a we have a four hundred one k as as part of our benefit plan, and sure. it's got a it's got a nice match, um, and it's easy enrollment, and so we wanted to to follow uh, a lot of uh, the, the the elements of that plan. So, for example, uh, that's a five year vesting, so we want. Uh, our ESOP is a five-year vesting. So you just, it'd be easiest to just align the right. two, you match them. Yeah. Right. Um, we had uh, participation was a full-time employee and we defined full-time employee as a, a thousand hours worked in the course of a year. Hmm. So um, we were actually able to use this, hiring a couple of guys that we were um, talking to them the end of June. And my pitch was, you know, if you start July 1, you'll get your thousand hours in and you'll participate in the next vesting hmm. or the next uh, distribution. And, and that uh, accelerated the decision in yeah, both right. cases. Yeah. Um, you know, so, um, those it's a great are, closing argument. It's May, great, yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah. And, and, and while, um, while I know there are some uh, Department of Labor requirements that you, you can't violate, um, there, are, there was plenty of latitude for us to build the plan the way we wanted that supported what we're trying to accomplish. It supported uh, our culture. It supported uh, the team element of how we work. Yeah, you know, so um, it's pretty much flexibility and that's great, um, and 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 not terribly complicated. Um, we were able to work with with uh, a law firm that focused on ESOP plan creation, and uh, and and they're they're pulling something off the shelf and then showing you, well, you have degrees of freedom and here, here, and here. Oh, gotcha. And here are the options. Yeah, they try to templatize it to some yeah, degree absolutely. and then here are the levers you pull. Absolutely. To, yeah. and, and, and listen to you and, and understand who you are and what you're trying to accomplish to steer you away from things that, um, that could be uh, violations of your culture, mm -hmm. you know, that uh, could create uh, inequities that sure. you would never accept. Yeah. Um, so I feel like we've touched on some of this, but let's just say uh, I'm somebody listening in. I want to go learn more, or I want to like kind of embark on this journey. What are my immediate next steps? Find a consultant, uh, find a, a like legal representation or a law firm that specializes in this. Is there any other immediate next steps I should be thinking? Well, they could go to Google and they could they could uh, they could do some searches <laughs> yeah. for questions that they have about um, uh, about how do you qualify as a small business. How do you know if an ESOP? True. Right am I even a fit? Yeah. yeah right. Am I going to fit? Right. Um, but you could also, uh, uh, if they have an attorney, and and most of us have had cause to have an attorney, uh, ask an attorney for a recommendation to an ESOP consultant because mm. most attorneys know somebody who's who's doing the work. Uh, it, it's it'd be very unusual for them not to have that kind of a contact. Otherwise, uh, yeah. Uh, use search to find a consultant. If you just, you know, in Boston area, if you go home and, and you do Boston area ESOP consultants, you'll get a lot of choices. Yeah. Uh, so like anything else, go to Google. Go yeah. to Google. Yeah. 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 And, um, and if they're not satisfied with what they find, um, uh, give me a call yeah. <laughs> and, and I'll put them in touch with, with our uh, consultant, who's also a client, nice. Yeah, so yeah. he appreciates referrals. Yeah, right, right, perfect. And 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 I would be happy. beneficial for all. And and I and I would give a referral because they they handled our business very well, and I've sent other business their way, and and I get uh, nothing but positives from people who go to them. As an ESOP organization, is there a community you're now a part of? Is there a need for a community? Is there any like conversations happening amongst um, um, ESOP organizations? Uh, yeah. What does that look there, like? There, there are state and national um, ESOP associations. There's uh, conferences. There are um, informal communities. 
it's it, it it lends itself to to community because people who are involved uh, are facing the same issues even though their businesses are very different mm. and so it's good to have uh, sounding boards it's good to have uh, people talk through uh, we're we're less than three years into it mm -hmm. and it's helpful when we talk to somebody who's 20 years into an ESOP because they've had a lot of people retire and so they know you know your your liabilities never completely disappear mm -hmm. they change right now our liability is the notes to finance the ESOP 10 years from now uh, those notes will be completely satisfied and our liability will be people's retirement mm -hmm. accounts and so you you um, uh, being able to share that and learn from people who have gone further down the road is very valuable. Let them experience some pitfalls or some friction yeah. points, and then you'll yeah. just yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Last question for you, not necessarily ESOP focused, but I do ask this in every episode. Yeah. What is the weirdest part of agency life? Oh. I try and wrap with a, with a yeah. little curveball. Yeah. Um. I, 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 boy, um, for me, <laughs> and, and my team knows this, is that um, I, I feel like leading a group like this, I've become far closer to my emotions, <laughs> and I've, <laughs> I've become a crier. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I have a lot of, uh, of uh, happy moments that, uh, that, uh, that just uh, choke me up. You know, it's it's been an incredible journey. We've been at this a while, and uh, the progress we've made, the the milestones, um, and so you know, it's it's weird that uh, that I, I used to be a a, 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 a very you know, chronic type A, <laughs> you know, um, a lot of bad behaviors, and and I've become much more of a um, much more emotional about it, and much much more in tune with what I'm feeling about uh, where we are and what we're hmm. accomplishing. Yeah, that's yeah. good. More happy tears, hopefully. More happy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't cry when yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, that's it. That's all I have for you, Greg. So I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, my um, pleasure. But that's, that's Agency Unfiltered. That's it. Th thanks for coming to Appleton. Yeah, man, of course. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Agency Unfiltered. If you like what you saw, heard, or read, make sure to subscribe to our playlist on YouTube, our podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or our newsletter on agencyunfiltered.com. Alongside episode launch notifications, the newsletter also comes with a ton of other helpful, strategically curated agency content from yours truly. And if you wanna keep the conversation going or provide a counterpoint to this episode's discussion, tweet me at, at Kevin underscore Dunn. I'll see you again in two weeks, but in the meantime, keep it unfiltered and let's all grow.